Hello and welcome to this edition of EMS Now on Tour with Informa. We are currently in Königswinter, Germany, outside Bonn, and uh, wanted to reflect back on our facility tour. It was our last tour of a Swedish EMS company, happened yesterday. And uh, But I'm sitting here with Hedita Weiss, the EMS market analyst extraordinaire for the industry in Europe, who's my cohort and partner in crime on this adventure the um we are yesterday we visited scanfield in malmo sweden uh, after our tour we flew back down through copenhagen back down to uh to germany yesterday evening so we're a little more refreshed this morning um let me tell you a little bit about who we met a little overview and tell you kind of about the company we visited uh, so again, we saw Skanfil in Malmo, Sweden. We were uh, given a tour, facility tour, and also had a nice discussion. Uh, the people we met with was uh, Luciano Pasquariello, who's the business development manager, Pasi Hidenpa, who's the director of investor relations and external communications for Skanfil. Uh, the managing director of the uh, Carl Johan Forsberg um, joined us via video conference for certain parts of it. And then we were also given a really uh, good, thorough tour of the facility by Joachim Engba, who is the production manager there. Um, so that was that. Let's start big picture, Dita. Why don't you... The focus of our visit turned out to be mostly on Malmo and the facility there and the type of work they do, which is kind of unique within the, the company. But let's start big picture company. Tell us more about Scanfill, how big they are, where they are, who they are. Yes. Uh, let's start with the 2021 uh, revenues of Scanfield. They were 695.7 uh, million uh, euros and uh, generated in nine different factories. Uh, they do have uh, a big factory in Zivi, Finland. Uh, then they have two factories in Sweden, which one is Malmö, of which we visited yesterday. The other one is at Wiederberg. Uh, in those two factories together, they do uh, 180, uh, 108 million uh, euros in revenue, which makes them in Sweden, just looking at Sweden, makes them the number two uh, biggest EMS company in Sweden. Uh, then on top of that, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, they acquired um, a factory in Thuringia, which used to be called Hasek uh, and is now Scanfield, Germany. Uh, at that time, they already had a factory close to Hamburg, which they uh, shut down, I think it was last year, uh, and transferred the business to Thuringia and Sweden. Uh, then they have uh, two, in actual fact, two big factories in uh, uh, in Poland. They have one factory in Estonia. They have uh, a factory in the United States in Atlanta, and they do have a factory in uh, China. Mm -hmm. So all of them, uh, all of that makes them the. Uh, uh, if I look at the overall picture in Europe, it make, made them in 2021, it made them the number five uh, biggest uh, EMS supplier. If we only look at European uh, companies, it made them the 
uh, runner-up uh, after Zorner. Yeah, so that is the overall picture uh, of this company and for this year as it is a public company they already have uh, uh, revised their fact forecast for uh, 2022 and uh, they are forecasting now revenues for 2022 uh, of 840 to uh, 820 to 840 million euros mm -hmm. which is a growth rate compared to 2021 of 18 to 21 percent mm. and uh, even so there is no official statement in regards uh, to how much of that is price and how much of that is quantity it is fairly in line with everything else what we hear recently uh, that this industry over here in Europe is doing so good this year mm -hmm. uh, even so everybody is talking about a chip crisis yeah, I know. We're gonna, you and I are going to talk about that chip crisis on another podcast because that's been an ongoing conversation uh, every day as we've toured around uh, Sweden. So l let me make a few comments about this specifically to the Malmo facility because it is somewhat unique. Um, the focus there, as we were told and shown, is rapid prototyping. They do both PCBA and box build there. They had three SMT lines, about 170 people. The current configuration was 4,500 square meters. Um, but as we were told and also ultimately saw, they are in expansion phase right 4, now. 4,000. Sorry. And uh, they, uh, they're in an expansion plan right now that's going to add an additional 1,500 square feet to it. And uh, they're also bringing in new equipment and... Um, uh, so, it, as we saw, that, that new area that they're adding on, um, which is an existing part of the building that they were already in, so they're just assuming the, the remainder of the building, opening up some walls, uh, we were able to see some of that. Um, but the, it, they seem to have a large customer base. Uh, some of the customer base is also internal customers from within Scanfield, where they do some PCBA for some, for some of the other facilities that either don't have the PCBA uh, capability in-house or maybe they help with overflow as well at times. Um, that's kind of a general overview. What, it, it was clearly in transition and they said, you know, because of the, the process they're going through, uh, there's a lot of kind of movement and I don't want to say clutter, but stuff in there uh, that's being moved around and reconfigured. Um. Uh, just to talk about the square uh, meters, it was 4,000 square meters, not 400. That would be very tiny. I said 4,500. But square feet. No, I said square uh, meters. Okay, let's not discuss this. Um, uh, so uh, it is relatively big, and the lot sizes we see there uh, are uh, not what you would assume to be standard prototyping work because you see lot sizes of a hundred to a thousand uh, and the overall uh, uh, demand for those products might uh, be in the ten thousand to to the fifty thousand so we have to be careful not to compare this factory uh, and you cannot compare this factory with a standard prototype shop which might be be uh, let's say doing four or five million uh, euros in revenue this factory is doing more than 30 million itself uh, uh, so it's 
uh, a little bit more uh, than just prototyping. It's uh, yeah. NPI and and all of that. Low volume production. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, very interesting, but still focusing on smaller quantities. Because what we saw was the um, um, inkjet for solder paste uh, in there. Uh, we. Uh, uh, so one line which was more dedicated to small quantities as it had uh, a fast uh, uh, time to uh, start, restart and mm -hmm. uh, get get new orders on, whereas the others were for medium-sized volumes. So, um, And then on top of that, they were doing uh, very uh, many products which were miniaturized for various reasons. One was uh, military applications, and we are not going to talk too much in detail about that. But it's um, a good chunk of their business, and they do that very, very professional. And again, we are talking about them uh, doing... Uh, something which we have heard in the past five days uh, in many factories, the majority of their products is not just uh, doing PCBAs. In actual fact, they don't like just doing PCBAs. They're doing the full systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I yeah. uh, say about 80% uh, of their revenues are full systems. Yeah. And yet you were mentioning the the particular lines, kind of they, they keep one line mostly for, for a lot of the prototype work. And I remember asking uh, Joachim, the, uh, uh, the production manager, about how many changeovers they do on average per day per line. And he said it was four to five. So those people familiar with product, you know, this is not continual flow manufacturing. Four to five changeovers a day is a busy factory floor. You know, and you have to be very well organized on the upfront in order to put that all together and flow it through. Um, the, you mentioned a one of the industry sectors, the mil military defense stuff. Uh, part of the growth is also, as we were told, is a lot of that, the electrification that's going on in certain sectors, specifically the industrial sector. So the industrial Internet of Things, <coughs> as they call it, you know, these big product companies who all this for for whom electronics was never a core competency, and uh, but yet it is an increasingly a piece of their their overall product. And they're not electronics people themselves. They may be making big mechanical pieces for whom the electronics is part of the, the brain now as it's getting smarter and being electrified. And so it's a natural for those types of companies to be outsourcing that to an EMS partner. Um, yes, um, we talked about that before. Um, um, there is uh, this situation where I think Scandinavia is further advanced in this respect uh, to other uh, countries over here in Europe uh, that uh, more OEM customers uh, see the advantages of outsourcing their production and not just PCBA, production in full. Mm -hmm. uh, to a service uh, supplier and I can uh, I don't want to mention all the advantages of doing that but some of the advantages for example is that um, the engineering departments of EMS companies have a much broader knowledge about how to improve products uh, than an OEM who is just focusing on his own products yeah. In actual fact, we talked about that yesterday as mm -hmm. well, uh, that you said, uh, should 
uh, a customer uh, transfer his products to an EMS if already a competitor is manufacturing uh, his products in this uh, facility. Uh, facility. And uh, to us, the two of us, we totally agree on that. The answer mm -hmm. is yes. Yeah. Yes, because it's advantage for everybody. Yeah, and, and that discussion was around what I was sharing is OEMs in the past. I knew some who said they did not want that to happen. They, well, you know, they were very sensitive. They thought, you know, confidentiality and all, we don't want it. And I remember when I was a consultant in the industry to these companies who were telling, no, you absolutely want to be in the same facility because that is that becomes a center of excellence within the EMS. They're learning. You're, you're benefiting from having them there, probably from a supply chain perspective as well, but even more importantly, from a competency of the manufacturers. Yes. What the OEMs have to realize that the secret of success is not necessarily only in, in the manufacturing and the design of the product. It's sales and marketing. Yeah? If you have a lousy sales and marketing, uh, your product can be uh, brilliant and you still don't achieve anything. So uh, companies who focus on R&D for new products and at the same time do sales and marketing of their uh, products in a professional way, they are the uh, big winners in this industry. It's not uh, uh, to say so EMS could as well be seen, even so I'm very careful in the wording, could be seen as a commodity. But it, in actual fact, it's not. Not EMS, PCBA could yeah. be seen as a... Yeah. PCBA was in some ways always kind of the commoditized service within the EMS industry. Yeah. And that's why they, that's where they begin with their toehold, but then they, over the last few decades of expanding into, you know, front way out to the design services, backside out through the aftermarket kind of full... Uh, the delivery and, and all of that. Um, so this ends our tour of Sweden. Um, well, actually, in, in actual fact, it ended yesterday. Um, we are uh, moving forward now. We're going to do a show later on today where we're going to reflect on some of the some of the trends and, and things that we noticed just within Sweden and uniqueness to that um, uh, of that market. Um, and then next week, we move forward into France and move on to Belgium, the Netherlands, and then in through Germany, uh, where we will end our tour at, uh, in Munich at Electronica. So looking forward to that. Yes, definitely. And all of those uh, from Europe listening and uh, planning to come to Electronica, uh, we can only say uh, come and visit us. Eric and myself will be uh, at the booth uh, in Hall A1, uh, booth 555, which can easily be remembered. And we're going to be running C-level interviews with uh, major uh, EMS companies on that booth on Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'll be giving a... Uh, overview of the European EMS industry on Wednesday at 10 o'clock in the forum of Hall A1. Uh, so uh, stay tuned on that and uh, visit it. Unfortunately, this one uh, will be in German, but uh, there will be an additional one in English uh, on the 1st of December in this beautiful town of, uh, of Tallinn in Estonia when we are having 
our uh, IPC executive EMS uh, uh, seminar over there, uh, and which reminds me of uh, thanking again uh, IPC for all the support they are giving to our work and for their brilliant uh, specifications as well in regards to uh, CFX, uh, just to mention 2591, brilliant specification. And I hand it over to Eric now. Okay, so that wraps us um, for today. Uh, stay tuned. Like I said, we're heading off to France on Monday. So in order to get into the spirit, even though it is before noontime here in Germany, Dita and I are sitting here enjoying a nice little glass of, of red wine uh, just to kick off the weekend. So uh, thank you. Stay tuned. Keep listening in as we go through our uh, continual tours. We have done five of our planned 15 EMS factory tours, so you can expect to have at very minimum 10 more podcasts coming out of us, but probably even more. And I just want to end by thanking the uh, the EMS Now sponsors for the tour, those being CalcuQuote, Cogescan, and Micron. Thank you very much.